Today's video is brought to you by my latest book, When Religion Kills, a look at how the so-called faithful in many religions advocate murder in the name of their God. Buy it today. Just click on the link in the text portion of this podcast. Sometimes acts that appear to be terrorist in nature are nothing of the sort. Hi there, this is Phil Gursky, and you're listening to Quick Hits. We woke up today, November the 1st, 2020, to some absolutely horrendous news coming out of Quebec City. Quebec City is the capital of the Francophone province of Quebec in Canada. And we read that two people had been stabbed to death. Another five were injured by a man who was wandering through the old city of Quebec, very beautiful part of the town. I used to work there many, many years ago. He was dressed in a quote-unquote medieval outfit, and he was brandishing a sword. Now, it turns out that the sword was actually a Japanese-style sword, and he attacked these people, again, killing two and, and wounding five, before he was eventually arrested. He is a 24-year-old man named Carl Giroir. He's from Saint-Thérèse, which is a town located about 20 kilometers northwest of Montreal. What's interesting is that the attacks took place in Quebec City, and it's not clear at this point what a guy from Montreal is doing in Quebec City on Halloween. These took place in the evening of October 31st. It's about a three-hour drive from Montreal to Quebec City. It's interesting that so far, now this is very early in the investigation, so we have to be careful here, but the police have said that so far, quote, everything leads us to, the, that, to believe he chose his victims at random and that the crime was, or rather crimes, were premeditated. So far, there is nothing to suggest that this person was associated with any terrorist group, and the police added that while the 24-year-old suspect does not have a criminal record, he did reveal five years ago, quote, in a medical context that he wanted to commit a violent act. Like many people, when I awoke and heard this, attack had taken place, my first thoughts went to the possibility it was in fact an act of terrorism. Now, why would we think that? Well, what have we witnessed in the past two weeks in France alone? We've had two beheadings at least, a beheading of a secondary school teacher by a young man who was angry that the teacher had shown the so-called Muhammad cartoons to a class. Then we had the beheading of a at least one person in a church in uh, Lyon. Again, probably linked to this, this whole cartoon thing. A lot of leaders around the world are very angry at the fact that uh, the cartoons are still being shown. This is, of course, a decade and a half after they were originally created for a Dutch newspaper called Jyllandsposten, which in, in, in turn also led to terrorist attacks in Denmark. We had the famous uh, Charlie Hebdo repetition of those cartoons in 2015, which led to another terrorist attack against that newspaper. The French president has stated quite boldly, quite openly, that he thinks that Islam has a problem. And many Islamic leaders, from Turkish President Erdogan to Pakistani Prime Minister Khan to the Saudis to you name it kind of thing, are all saying it's France that has the problem, that it's not to do with Islam. So it's, it's announced that he said, she said, fingers are being pointed in various directions. All this to say, it would have been natural to assume, to conclude, 
that the attack in Quebec City was somehow linked to terrorism. Whether or not it was linked to the cartoon thing is not known, but certainly the Quebec government over the past couple of years has, has jumped into a lot of controversy over the wearing of Muslim headscarves. There has been a ban on them in, in public in the sense that any civil servant is not allowed to wear this on the job. It's coming for a lot of criticism by Quebec Muslims and Muslims around the world, accusing Quebec of going against freedom of expression, freedom of religion. And therefore, it wouldn't have been a large leap to conclude that this attack was perhaps linked to that. And this may change. This is not even 24 hours after the attack took place. And I understand we live in a world of 20, not just 24-7 news, but instantaneous news. As soon as something happens, breaking news, you can see it online, you can see it on a variety of social media platforms. You're inundated with different reports, uh, different perspectives, different sources of information, some of which are, are corroborated and rather accurate. Some of them are absolute horseshit. And therefore, we have a really hard time deciding what is real and what's not real, what is true and what's not true, what is factual and what is not factual. I'm personally going to have to wait a couple of days at least to see if there's any out, anything else that comes out of this particular attack. My advice to you, though, and again, this is being recorded on the late afternoon on November the 1st, that we really have to hold back when it comes to our understanding and our conviction that acts of, of violence that take place in the world are always inextricably linked to terrorism. From what I see, the young man, the 24-year-old who had the sword, does not appear to have a Muslim name. The sword isn't Muslim, it's not Arabic, it's not anything to do with Islam that I can tell. That eliminates one obvious finger pointing, if I, could, if I can use that term. Again, we don't know the motive, aside from the police believing it was personal in nature. He certainly made a point of going from, as I said, Montreal to Quebec City, which is a good three-hour drive, at least. But it's incumbent upon all of us, when we consume news like this, to just sit back, wait for more information to come in, wait for more facts to come in, wait for those who actually have access to what happened and what didn't happen to weigh in on it, as opposed to spouting off, going on, on, on a limb, saying things that are not supported by anything that has been corroborated or established. I know there's a tendency to do that. And at times, you know, that's where my mind goes too. Having worked in terrorism for the past 20 years, it's hard not to see things as terrorism when you worked in terrorism for that long. And I'm, I'm sure I've made mistakes in the past as well. I know I've made mistakes in the past. But my simple advice to you going forward in cases like this is to exercise a little bit of patience and to not jump to conclusions that you may embarrassingly have to retract from down the road. We have to simply allow things to transpire. We have to allow information to come out. We certainly have seen in the past whereby events have taken place, people have reacted instantaneously and sometimes decided to take justice into their own hands. People are angry. They're upset. They think they've identified the perpetrator or the community that was behind the perpetrator or whatever. And they lash out equally as violently, sometimes with tragic results. Now, I'm not saying that's going to happen here. I have seen no evidence so far, and I'm trying to keep up with the news uh, on, you know, using Canadian sources. That's not taking place just yet, and I hope and I don't think it will. Just let's just all just sit back, relax a little bit, 
Let the professionals do their job. Let the professionals inform us. They will. It'll take time. There's an investigation going on. Investigations take time. They don't get they they don't they don't get resolved instantaneously. This is not Hollywood, where you got two hours to solve something. Police work takes effort. Takes a lot of slogging. A lot of rocks have to be overturned. A lot of witnesses and contacts have to be interviewed. Let's give them that time to try to figure out why this tragic event occurred and not jump the gun, no pun intended, and call it terrorism. Yeah, that's what I think about this. Are you following the story? Do you have any other information that's been corroborated? I'd love to hear from you. You can reach me on email, borealisrescuegmail.com or on Twitter at borealisaves. You can also find me on LinkedIn and on Facebook. If you enjoy this content and want to receive more of it, simply go to my website, borealisthreatenedrisk.com, hit the subscribe button, provide your email address, you'll get a free daily digest, all the blogs, all the podcasts, free to your inbox every morning. Love to hear from you, good or for bad, as well as ideas for future podcasts or blogs. Drop me a line. Love to hear from you. I'll talk to you again soon. Until then, stay safe.